going on everybody uh we're back me and mrs pinky are back uh first off shout out to everybody who's been supportive of us and all of that good stuff um we appreciate y'all just sticking close by uh, supporting our podcast and just being loyal listeners so uh we we've been out of touch mm-hmm. so I'm excited. Yeah. Tonight's gonna be good. Yeah, uh, we're pretty much touching on an important topic. Uh, the misconception of knowing God and actually loving God. And um, we just want to go into detail of our own personal experiences and things of that nature. So. Uh, the reason this subject even came about is because I was on Twitter and one of my favorite Christian rappers, Jared Sanders, said, he said, do not get misunderstood. He said, there's a difference between knowing God's word and actually loving God. And for me and the season I, I'm currently in or passing through, whatever you want to call it, um, that kind of really made me sit back and reflect on a lot of stuff in my life. Was I just in autopilot mode when it came to my relationship with God? Was it really genuine? Was I really thinking about how I can glorify God every day? And if I was or wasn't, what was that showing about my heart in the situation? And it got real quiet because I always say the realest conversations you can have are the ones you have with yourself and God because you cannot lie to both of them. Well, you can lie to yourself. It kind of makes you crazy, but you can't lie to God he's all knowing so and um once i really thought about that i just started reflecting on a lot of my actions as of lately uh what which ones have been glorifying of god which ones haven't been um and what has my overall communication or communion with god been like and it hasn't been so great if i'm just to be completely honest here um yeah uh Bible reading or daily reading is a look more like a chore rather than a pleasure and a joy as it should be because God is good all the time and I I understand we say that as a a catchphrase but it's the genuine truth I understand everybody's maybe thinking that that's far from the truth right now considering all the coronavirus and everything that's taking place but I just genuinely believe that God according to his omniscience and his will that he allowed this to take place and it's going to be used for his glory in many ways. Self-reflection. We got plenty of time to do that. You don't really have any excuse to not communicate with God or anything like that. And this is a time that I'm pretty sure he'll pull up on your highlight reel when, you know, on your judgment day. And if you have the excuse of, I never had time, this little section right here, however long this going to last. Yeah, your neglect of uh, your relationship with him through word, prayer, fasting, or whatever. It's going to not gonna have much of an excuse. And um, that's just kind of where I'm at. Um, I've gotten recently gotten back on a uh, daily reading regimen. And um, also some books, too. I'm currently reading Jesus Among Other Gods. Uh the full claims of Christianity by Robbie Zacharias. Prayers to him. 
uh, he's going through. Yeah, I know he has a, a cancer situation happening, so much prayer be to him. But uh, yeah, I'm getting my I'm falling back into a, a good reading schedule. I know it sounds kind of ritualistic, but it is sometimes. It's not necessarily a lot. A lot of people say I don't have a religion, I have a relationship. But at the same time, in a healthy relationship, there's a uh, you know common communication between you, your loved one, spouse, whatever. You know, there obviously benefits. You know. I'd like to say something on it. Yes, go ahead, please. Like, I get where some people can see, like, daily devotion, scripture reading as an obligation. Mm -hmm. There was something I was thinking about today of, like, all right, so what what is my measuring stick? What is my standard that I use to kind of determine... You know where I'm at to check my spiritual temperature, so to speak. Yeah. And like, if I'm not getting that daily dose of God's word, like His word speaking to me, then it's kind of hard to really taste what your reality is. That's true. Because you can create your own reality based on your own thoughts, your own emotions, your own you know feelings, that type of thing. But like, what is your measuring stick? And if that's not the word of God, then you're kind of measuring with the wrong thing. Yeah. Totally counterproductive. Uh, yeah, at that point, you're probably in a more of a vain philosophy type world. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't seem too genuine. It, it's kind of, you're pretty much making up your own God as you worship. And mm -hmm. that leads to idolatry, which is uh, frowned upon well, by it's, the Lord. It, but mm. it's very easy like in old testament you know it's just like well y'all are worshiping wood and stone like how stupid are you like right. duh they can't do anything but like idolatry in our modern day world is so deceiving and and cunning because it true. it really i think it's easier to fall into idolatry than what we really realize and that comes down like you were saying um what are you doing with this time? You know, if you're saying you don't have time, well, it really comes to the posture of your heart because mm -hmm. the God that you serve is going to monopolize your time. That's true. I agree. Like all of the quote-unquote lowercase gods of entertainment, sports, and everything, all that's been shut down. Mm -hmm. Like all the, all the bales have been cracked again. So, you know, uh, but most definitely, ah. Uh, yeah, it got really, I ain't gonna front, it gets real dark for me, because I like to try to practice being honest with people, but I like to more so practice being honest with myself, and uh, I kind of tried to pinpoint where my devotion to God kind of lowered and, and stuff like that, and I, I, I came across a point where I was in spoiled brat, or spiritual spoiled brat syndrome mode, that's what I call it. Uh, pretty much when stuff doesn't go my way or things are ways I wanted it to go, which uh, kind of shows how much control I want to be in of the scenarios and situations in my life that didn't pan out the way I wanted them to. I was just kind of like, forget this. But I found my, then I found myself being more so uh, a hypocrite because I tell people all the time that God's will is not necessarily something that's going to be pleasant to you. And you should be able to just trust him and deal with that because in your relationship with him, I would hope that you have plenty of testimony of 
great things that he's done in your life. Not necessarily financial or anything like that, but your overall joy, your new perspective on life, the way you treat people, the more love that you have for the Holy Spirit and uh, miraculous things that you couldn't make up, you know, that just took place in your life because he allowed it to take place to show you uh, a part of him that you were missing, you know, and stuff like that. And it's crazy how so quickly we forget how great God is and stuff like that when we're just caught up in the one scenario or situation that didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, but not, but forgetting that when God has something take place in your life, it's, a, it's to get you to a place that you're better to serve him. And I think a lot of times we just don't like the process. So we have a little hissy fit and get mad and turn away from God and things like that. At least that's where I, I'm at. So, or was, or traveling from. So, but, uh. I'm going to segue off of that. It's like, it's what I mean too by idolatry or maybe lack of attentiveness to our uh, relationship with God can take on different forms like whereas your form was that way I think in this season it's it's been sobering like for me and that's what I'm saying like husbands and wives can go through like seasons at the same time but they may look a little bit different and I think ours look a little bit different um, where my season, I'm, I'm coming to the reality that my God has been a thirst for knowledge. Mm. It mm. has been wanting to dissect scripture. And like, I, I love studying. Like, I love it, but it's almost been to a point of um, criticism. Yeah. And... It's actually, <laughs> it's it's interesting because when you start studying scripture um, to where you feel like you know what's going on and you're not willing to listen to what other people's perspectives are, that, that becomes an idol. That becomes a God and it's almost like you're worshiping your own self and your own knowledge and being puffed up with vanity and pride because, mm. hey... I know this. You ain't got to tell me this. Mm -hmm. I put in the work. As a sister would say, I got the evidence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, like, Philippians chapter 3. It took me there uh, with Paul writing to the Philippian church. Uh, and, like, the, the heading of Philippians chapter 3 is the priceless value of knowing Christ or having an intimate relationship with him where my... Um, my self has been getting in the way of trying to have a knowledge of Christ um, or a knowledge of scripture, but then ignoring, you know, my personal intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship with him, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, well, if you're reading and studying scripture, isn't that kind of getting to know it? But well, no, it depends on the motive of the heart. That's right. You know? Yeah. So looking at Philippians chapter four, I love what Paul says in verse three it says we put no confidence in human effort yeah. right though i and it's funny because he starts talking about in verses five and six he lists his resume he's like if anybody should be kind of like confident in their human effort 
It should be me. Yeah. I, I got more of a resume than y'all. Let me list it out and, and say it to you. But he was like, you know what? I thought all of these things, I thought my resume was valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. That's a fact. I mean, if anybody can boast about a resume, even his, mm-hmm. even his transformation encounter with Jesus is like... Uh, Next I don't, to none. Yeah, I, was, I don't think there's a testimony out here that you could be like, yeah, I kind of outdid Paul. No. Yeah, look, no. listen to this. Listen to this. Philippians 3 and 8. Everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, not mine, not my efforts, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Like, everything I've done, everything that I am, my resume, my, um, oh, that word is leaving me right now, uh, but basically my family heritage, mm-hmm. you know, all of that counted as garbage. It only can be focused on what Christ has done for me and that I've accepted what Christ has done for me and that I am using the word as my mirror to find out, am I becoming more like Christ or am I just trying to form my own Christ? Mm-hmm. Or becoming more like wicked self. Yeah. And it starts to reflect, too, um, in your relationship with people. Yes. Most definitely. I had to catch myself a few times, um, especially when we're talking about the knowledge being puffed up. And, yes. You know, uh, I'm, I was an, yeah, I'm going to say was, an avid student of the word when I first got into this, uh, what, seven Eight years ago now, like, I was, like, that was the only thing I was reading. Like, in fact, my, like, when I, like I said, my testimony, I got deployed when I got saved. So, I was in the wilderness out here, you know, eating uh, pure manna. So, but I, I, obviously, you come across the scripture that says, the knowledge is not puffed up, mm-hmm. you know. So, you don't even want to come across as the, the pompous guy who, who thinks he knows everything is unapproachable and things like that because Christ is very approachable. Mm-hmm. If you're not approachable, then what kind of spiritual fruit are you bearing? You know what I mean? So, um, that, it's always a healthy, uh, G check there. Um, but I, I do, I think in the midst of just certain people, I guess that we communicate with that don't study and they kind of come off with some kind of, how do I say this? Biblical interpretation is not accurate. And it's something that you have studied. And then you're just kind of like, do you Bible, bro? Like, you know, and, and, but if you don't catch yourself, you can most definitely come off as that person that's not approachable next time. Cause then the last thing, I mean, obviously as brothers and sisters in the Lord and things like that, uh, we're all God's children adopted into this royal priesthood. None of us are higher than the other. So if somebody is lacking in kind of any kind of spiritual education or biblical interpretation, study, whatever the case may be, your job and joy should be in educating them or fixing them in their error with love so that they don't go around spewing 
Yeah, there was there was something that Jason said. Jason is my counselor. Jason is awesome. Jason is fire, man. <laughs> but I was telling him about like my experience of like having this awakening with biblical interpretation, and I told him I said, "Oh my God, I have gone back and thought about all the times that I have incorrectly interpreted Scripture." Yeah. And he's like, well, Holly, I think at some point we all have because we're flawed human beings. And I said, I know. I said, but I have this overwhelming desire to like, you know, really study scripture so I understand what I'm talking about. And he's like, is it so, is it just from a joy of studying scripture or is it because you never want to use scripture wrong again? And I was like, it's because I never want to use scripture wrong again. And he said, that is condemnation. And so if we are not giving ourselves grace there, that is not an excuse, of course, to study, to show yourself approved. But we are human. That means we have errors. But if we hold that other standard to other people, um, that may be just are purely ignorant. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. They just don't know. Um, That's maybe an area they haven't studied. But we want to beat them over the head because they may be misspoken or said something that was not correct with biblical interpretation, um, then we are playing the role of the enemy of bringing condemnation. Yeah. And you have to, you do have to, like, there's nothing wrong with, like, correction, but it does have to come from a state of humility. Yeah. And love and from a, a pure joy that exudes from you of, hey, this is what I've learned from this. Like, let's talk, let's compare notes and not... I'm over you. I'm higher than you. I know more than you. You're going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to listen to somebody like that. Yeah, not at all. I remember one time I I, uh, I quoted, I remember was that we did one of the potlucks at Rick's crib. And um, his son actually corrected me on the spot. Thank God at that point in that season of my life, I wasn't really upset with him because he wasn't rude when he did it. You know what I'm saying? He was just like, uh, I just want to make sure I let you know that that meant this. In this this specific context, not what you were saying. I understand how you were trying to help and benefit the conversation. And, you know, it was very balanced. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was easy to be receptive to, uh, to his correction slash rebuke, I guess. And uh, and I actually use that as an example of how I would treat others if they were to um, come to me with some, or they would give some kind of input where that was somewhat slightly inaccurate based on detail or context or whatever. And stuff like that. Ultimately, you just want to, you want to treat our brothers and sisters with love in any situation, regardless if you think you know more than them or whatever. We don't get no trophy for knowing more Bible than the other Christians. Like, if somebody gets saved, like, two seconds before rapture happens, I'm, his reward is going to be the same as all of ours, mm-hmm. man. So it, there's really no competition. There's no contest. There's no nothing. And uh, if you ever find yourself in that situation, actually, if you are in that situation, I just ask you that you reflect on where that attitude came from because it doesn't honor or glorify God in any manner mm-hmm. if you look down upon someone. Because one of my favorite quotes that I read somewhere in the world out here, and it said, the only person who sits high enough to look down upon us was God, and he left his whole throne and dwelled with us here. That's so, good. I mean... God said, all right, I'm going to just go chill with the humans mm-hmm. and, and, and be the example of what my original purpose was for them and how they should <laughs> maneuver in life. So none of us ain't died, been crucified, beat to death, drug a how many, how many pound cross, 75 pound cross for Calvary. 
I ain't did none of that. And so none you, of us can be me. Yeah, none of us can be that prideful to look down upon anybody. And it's just a very unattractive trait overall. It really is. Yeah, I, I don't like honesty. Question. Yes, ma'am. It's funny though. Some of the traits this was you know, Paul's the question. Um, it's funny how the things that annoy us and other people a lot of times because we see it in our own selves. Right. You know how many times I say that, like, at the four-way stop up the street? Mm-hmm. And I'll see somebody on their phone. I say, bro, like, if you don't go, mm-hmm. and then, like, they'll go, and then my phone will go off, <laughs> and I'll look at it at the stop sign. Whoops. And I'll just be like, yeah, bro, I'm going to chill out. There's plenty of those humbling moments, man, but it's not... Your reaction to tell the whole story of your heart, to be honest with you. Sometimes I laugh. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, <laughs> hypocrite. <Yeah. laughs> you know. And, I mean, we have those moments. Don't try to live an, a life of active hypocrisy, but it happens. I mean, we're not sinless human beings. So, ultimately, man, our love for God will be more evident in our action towards each other. Because he says... Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's my question. Oh. That's my question. I'll say, yeah. How... Now that we're talking about knowing God, loving God, yeah. how, in your perspective, do we accurately love God? How can we do that? How can you put that into action? Mm. It's not hard to answer this question without it sounding ritualistic or like a how-to guide on how to Christian, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I ultimately believe it comes from studying God's word with a heart of wanting to know who he is and his character, becoming more like God and loving people made in his image accordingly by telling them to repent of their sins. If they're, that's an unsaved person that you're talking to, uh, and just discipling others. I mean, that was his last thing he told us to do before he left. How can you disciple somebody if you don't know how to love God? I think one of his most point-blank statements or commands to us was, if thou love me, thou art going to obey my commandments. Mm, Interesting. There's something that keeps popping through to my head. Um, Because I'm I'm just rolling off questions as they're coming in. Because like I sometimes I like to play the play the role of devil's advocate. (laughs) I just I think it keeps you on your toes and it's legit questions, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, There was something I was thinking about today. Um, uh, Raise your hand. I know we can't see you, but raise your hand or tap the mic (laughs) if people get on your nerves. All right then. People get on my nerves a lot, dog. I'll be honest with you. They, they, we're all image bearers, but man, some of y'all image bearers make me want to disfigure y'all face, man. I'm gonna be completely <laughs> honest. Good Lord, mm-hmm. Pinky. Hey, all right, I'm then. flawed and honest. Hey, this is this is called a transparent podcast. But I I I die to self. Yes. Mm, so a lot of y'all's face is healthy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there was something I was thinking about today, though, because like with. I'll just be honest. People have been getting on my nerves. 
severely the last few months. And it's just like everything hits a nerve. I'm like, Holly, what is what is going on, chick? Like, you need to chill out. Yeah. Um, but I started thinking today, like I stepped outside of my box and stepped outside of, you know, my junk that I have going on with, you know, stress and um, just world events going on. We ain't going to talk about that corona. Everybody know. Everybody know. It's stressful. You know, there's stuff going on. But I was like, you know what? Let me just step outside of my own little world and step into somebody else's and just focus on them for a little while instead of me and mine and, you know, whatever else was going on. And my heart was just touched. Mm. Like, not everybody responded, but for the people who, like, responded back, um, there was just something beautiful about their transparency, their vulnerability. Um, and it, it got me thinking um, that, wow, God, you, you love us. Mm-hmm. And just being able to see people in that vulnerable state of, you know what, I'm a mess right now, but I want to seek harder after God. Like, that that was just, that was very touching for me because I was like, you know what, sometimes I'm just so busy in my own mess and focused on the negativity of, you know, somebody's aggravating me or annoying me or they have their little tics that annoy me. And it's just like, you know what, God isn't like that. At all. God isn't annoyed by our shortcomings or weaknesses or just annoying little tics. When he has the right to be. True that. True that. But it's just like, you know, God, help me to be able to see people through your eyes. Help me to be able to love people and see them like you do. Because truly, that's the only way I can become like Christ. Yeah. That's the only, And that's the only way I can show other people the love of Christ is if his love is abiding in me. And then I'm able to share that with them. But I can't love them mm-hmm. if I don't accurately love Christ. And I think that's where that relationship is so important. It's not just knowing him, but experiencing what his love can do in, in your life. And like, that's the journey that I've been on for the last six months, mm-hmm. six or seven months is truly understanding the character of God, specifically his love for me. Why does he love me? Because I feel so unworthy of his love. But when I can grasp that, then I think I can more accurately love other people mm-hmm. through that. Yep. Off my soapbox, you go ahead. I agree. Um, once you once you like really look at your own depravity, it, and then you compare God's love to it, that it hasn't changed throughout the fluctuating. When cycle we, when of, we're just a mess, yeah, or like don't even care, and we're just like God, not you back there. I'm just gonna do my own thing, but like it, rebellious. Yeah, and it, it nothing. Nothing changes. Like, it's kind of... It's just like, man, humans are incapable of that type of love just mm-hmm. by all fleshful attitude. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm going to be honest with you, like, I think... And this this going to sound like a weird tangent, but it's just like... The rapist is like... In American... Uh, the world. The rapist is the worst thing in the world. I've never heard of a repentant rapist. I personally haven't. Mm-mm. But how the world would condemn him, burn him, mm. skin him alive. I've heard some obscene things that people say they would do. 
some of those things that came out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even finna act like that's y'all and not me. Because, I mean, that's just a brutal, violent act that just seems monstrous, you know? But for the rapist that actually hears the gospel, that wants to repent of his wicked ways, God forgives that. Mm-hmm. That may seem like total folly to, like, the whole world, but that just shows how real God's love is compared to human love at its highest peak because that to us is just unforgettable you know it is but god doesn't see things the way that we do yeah because i mean humans have this default of judging humans according to other humans who Mm -hmm. are also just as flawed but we see our actions we weigh them based on how they affect other people like say hey lying isn't as bad because if that person don't know it don't hurt them but God don't look at it like that. It's just like lying is terrible, period. And I see it as abhorrent. So, and I'm not comparing you to her because she got stuff going on too that's abhorrent. But we, that's not the point. I'm not comparing you to her. I'm, I'm comparing all y'all to my son and y'all all fall short. That puts y'all all on the even playing field. It does. I th- mm. it, it's interesting the way that we categorize things. Yeah. Because I don't, God just sees sin as sin. Yeah. But like um, like I, I don't and I think sometimes we we put sexual sins in a different category just because it's I don't know, it's, it's so personal. Yeah, you and know, it's, so, it's taboo in church for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like I think the same devastation is different, but the same devastation that, you know, that can happen through like a rapist. Mm-hmm. Think about people's lives who are affected through like extortion. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a um, sexual um, uh, thing that happens to a person, but financial devastation can be just as um, you know, it can send point to the point of suicide. Just mm-hmm. like somebody who is the victim of a rapist, they can be contemplating suicide. But it, it it's just interesting we as humans how we categorize things. Where you know God sees a, a level playing field of sin as sin. Mm-hmm. And sin is something that he can't tolerate in his just state. But from mm-hmm. his mercy and compassion, he wants to be able to bridge that gap that sin has caused. Absolutely. That's just beautiful. Yeah. Like, even like other acts such as uh, lying, defamation of character. That's an actual crime. Yes. And it can be devastating. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's people, there are innocent people in prison who have been lied on. And just because they weren't seen as a. Uh, important enough to do all the detailed research on the situation, it left. It looks like if it's a situation, and we're just going to ruin that person's life or throw them in prison, place they don't belong to be, because somebody probably lied or anything like that. And that's just, those are just two examples. I mean, like, sin has an effect on everybody, whether you believe it or not. It may just be you. Yeah, but it's just mm-hmm. beautiful that his mercy... And his grace and his blood can cover the multitude, the ugliness, the destruction that sin can cause. Like, sin can be a very powerful thing, but like God's grace, his blood, his salvation, his redemption, all of that is more powerful than the devastation of sin. Absolutely. And i just like to point out, i just like to plug this in right since we're there. Um... I know one voice that often gets in our head is of the enemy. And once you at that place where you feel like you're at the point of no return, 
if you've like backslid for like I don't know if it's could be months, weeks, a year, whatever. You kind of feel like, well, it's too late to go back. That's like one of the biggest lies ever. Mm -hmm. I don't think Jesus or, or God sent His only Son to die for our sins for you to get it right the whole time. And perfection is not a requirement. Yeah. For Christians, like we are, <laughs> we are flawed human beings, yeah. and we mess it up a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but the beauty, the beautiful part, I think sometimes when we mess up, we feel like we're just a failure, and God just he he's tired of dealing with me. Mm -hmm. He's disappointed with me, and like that's not it at all. Like Paul says that we have to, well, he presses forward towards the prize. You know, he mm -hmm. he had to keep moving forward and that can be one of the hardest things you ever have to understand is we're not called to perfection we're just called um to keep trying yeah. to keep picking ourselves back up to keep going back to the cross to keep coming back to repentance to keep coming back to his blood that covers that multitude of sins mm -hmm. and that can only happen out of your love for god because people don't just put that kind of effort in just to put your it in. Your love for God, but understanding his love for you. What What's the scripture? We love him because what? He first loved us. Because he first loved us. Amen. Our life is a response to that. Yes. 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 That's ultimately what it's about, man. That's all I got. Yeah, man. So I just like to encourage everybody listening. Uh, no matter how bad you've, uh, how far you've strayed. Or whatever the case may be, God is still having open arms. I believe right now is one of the biggest opportunities to uh, repent, self-reflect, see what your life is like. And because mm -hmm. I saw, I read something in the book. It said, "Uh, is it don't? I'm happy that death is still stinging because it gives a person dying or thinks or the fear of death gives a person the opportunity to reflect on their eternity after mm -hmm. they leave so it's just like once death or catastrophe it hits somebody's life we always get to thinking like oh snap life our lives flash before our eyes and stuff like that because you're thinking about eternity whether you say you believe in it or not you do so um I guess I'll just do uh, for the first time ever. Just an altar call, man. Um, if you've been living a life of sin, bro, and you're convicted uh, of your sins, whether through this message or certain things you've seen in life that uh, God has been allowing to take place in your life recently, or whatever the case may be, repentance doesn't have to be at a church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be any day of the week. Um, Jackie L. Perry got saved in her house. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it is what it is. So. I don't, I don't really believe in telling you to say the sinner's prayer because I know plenty of people that have said it. I raised my hand on that and was sinning that weekend. So uh, I'll put it like this. If you feel uh, if you feel convicted about your sins in life and you want a relationship with Christ, I personally would recommend you just read Romans 1 and go from there. Or the book of John. A lot of people like to tell you to go there and investigate study, ask questions, go to a visit a church, whatever the case may be. Uh, repentance is optional every day, you know, mm -hmm. but there are dire consequences of not living a repentant life, you know, so that's yeah. all I got for you guys. Well, we have for you guys. I'm sorry. This is just my podcast. This is Mrs. Pinkman's podcast. Mm -hmm. too. Uh, well, we love you guys. 
yeah sorry about the wait we'll be back very soon more topics more fun life life hitting us too man hey we ain't perfect neither as y'all can see yeah <laughs> we shared some of that nitty gritty tonight and the lord's still working on us too <laughs> amen amen once again we appreciate y'all chilling with us until next time this has been cross talk with the pinkneys y'all have a good day blessings people <laughs>